talk them anytime you want at your virtue restaurant. Welcome back, humans. Welcome to the virtue restaurant. On our menu for today, we have the creme de la creme, aka reverence, aka the gift of piety. Holy Spirit can give you the gift of piety, which is also known as reverence. And on our menu, we're calling it the creme de la creme. Let us begin. We are drawing from the dialogue. The section titled The Mystic Body of Holy Church. God says to Catherine, You know well enough that if someone filthy or poorly dressed were to offer you a great treasure that would give you life, you would not disdain the bearer for love of the treasure and the Lord who had, spent, who had sent it, even though the bearer was ragged and filthy. He might well displease you, but for love of the Lord, you would do what you could do. You would do what you could to persuade him to get rid of his filth and put on better clothes. This is how you ought to act in the realm of charity, and this is how I want you to act toward those of my ministers who are out of line who are covered with the filth of sin and ragged from their abuse of charity when they bring you the great treasures of the church's sacraments. You receive grace through these sacraments, no matter how sinful the bearers may be, when you receive them worthily. For love of me, God eternal, the sender, and for love of the life of grace that you receive from this great treasure. For it brings me to you, holy God and holy human, that is, the body and blood of my Son, united with my divinity. You ought to despise and hate the minister's sins, and try to dress them in the new clothes of charity and holy prayer, and wash away their filth with your tears. In other words, you should hold them out to me with tears and great desire, so that I in my goodness may clothe them with the garment of charity. So what God is illustrating here for Catherine is the way we should reverence the ministers, a.k.a. the priests of the church, even though they're sinful, which quite often they are. They still have been given this great gift of ordination from God to give us the sacraments that bring us God himself and eternal life. And so God uses an analogy. So if this person with a great treasure that could give you life showed up on your doorstep in ragged and filthy clothes. Instead of hating the person who's giving you the gift, you would try to dress them better. You would say, thank you for the wonderful gift. Here, let me clean you up, let you take a bath, give you some new clothes, whatever. Whatever to try to make them look better because you're so grateful for the gift, right? At least that's how we should respond. And so... We should look at priests who are ragged and filthy in their sin, their worldliness, and their abuse of the gift that God has given them. We should look at them with charity. Sadness for their sins, yes. But with charity saying, I want you to be dressed better. I want you to be cleaned up. The gift you are giving me is so great and so wonderful and so powerful and so amazing that I'm so grateful for it. And in gratitude for that, I want you to look and behave 
better. God says, wash their sins away with your tears. Present them to me with prayer and tears and great desire so that they may be cleansed of their filth. And all of this comes from reverence. The paragraph above it says, but you may not for all that set yourselves up as their judges. This is not my will. Because they are my Christ's. And you ought to love and reverence the authority I have given them. So right before God gives this analogy, he explains to Catherine that it is not your place to judge my ministers, my priests. Even though they may be terribly sinful and it's clearly visible to everybody, it is not your place to judge them. It is your place to reverence the authority I have given them. Be sorry for their sins. Pray for them. Do everything you can to help them dress better, to get out of the filth, but do not judge them. You are not their judge. That's what reverence motivates us to do. We should have a similar reverence toward all of humanity, correct? All of humanity is made in the image and likeness of God, therefore endowed with great dignity. And instead of judging other people, we should revere the wonderful gift of that person. Yes, they may be in terrible sin, and yes, that that upsets us, that aggravates us. Yes, we want them to see their sin and repent of it and become holy. But we do not judge them. We hold them out to God with that great, deep longing for them to become holy. I'm grateful for this gift of this human being, but God, look at them. They need to straighten up. That's a perfectly normal and acceptable prayer. What's not okay is for you to say, well, that person's just going to hell, and that's just the way it is. And, well, who cares? They're just, who cares? Yeah. yeah, you can get frustrated. I know I get frustrated with people who don't seem to receive the grace that I keep asking God to give them. They don't seem to see it. They don't receive it. It gets very frustrating. And it is very tempting to just say, I give up. Whatever. This common phrase, to hell with them. That's where they want to go, let them go there. It's understandable to feel that way, it's understandable to say that. But ultimately, you don't know where they're going to go. You can't say definitively that that person is definitely going to hell. You can say that if they don't straighten up, that's likely where they'll go especially if they die unrepentant. But it all comes back to the reality that you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when that person's going to die. You don't know how that person's going to die. You don't know if they will repent before they die or not. So you can't make absolute definitive statements like this and that person is definitely, positively, absolutely going to hell. Period. End of story. We can't say that. We can be very frustrated. We can pray for them very fervently. We can even get so exhausted that we just have to take a break from it and, and ask somebody else to pray for them. But still, willing, willing their holiness, willing their conversion is a gift from God. And it is a good thing. It is a good thing. So we're going to pause there, take a quick ad break. And when I come back, 
I will offer another example of reverence. Okay, back from our break. We're going to continue on with another example of reverence. This is in the section of the dialogue titled Divine Providence. God says to Catherine, Oh, how blessed is this soul who, while still in her mortal body, enjoys the reward of immortality. She holds all things in reverence, the left hand as well as the right, trouble as well as consolation, hunger and thirst as well as eating and drinking, cold and heat and nakedness as well as clothing, life as well as death, honor as well as disgrace, distress as well as comfort. In all things she remains solid, firm, and stable, because her foundation is the living rock. She has seen and known by the light of faith and with firm hope that I give everything I give with the same love and the same concern for your salvation and that I provide for everything. Thus, in great labor, I give great strength. I do not impose a heavier burden than the soul can bear. If only she is ready and willing to bear it for love of me. In the blood I have made it clear that I do not want sinners to die, but rather to be converted and live. And throughout their life, I give them whatever I give them. I give them whatever I give them. <laughs> God seems kind of vague there. The main point I'm drawing from this section is that it's similar to the last analogy of there's a tremendous gift being given to you, but the bearer is filthy and gross and repulsive. So God says she holds all things in reverence, the left hand as well as the right, trouble as well as consolation, hunger and thirst as well as eating and drinking. She holds all of these gifts from God in reverence. We have seen elsewhere in the dialogue that God explains to Catherine how someone who is resigned to God's will recognizes that everything they receive from God is in fact a gift because they are not worthy of anything. They're not even worthy to exist. They only exist as a free gift of God. So anything that comes to them is a gift. They don't deserve any of it. You don't really deserve any of it. All of it's a gift, the good and the bad. So you hold both of these things in reverence. And this is a wonderful gift. Again, we're going to keep using that word. It's a wonderful gift. But it comes in a package that is quite repulsive. No one wants to go hungry and cold and without clothing and without shelter and all kinds of stress and anxiety and frustration. Nobody wants to live that way. So it's a horrible package. It's a filthy package. But yet, God's gift is still inside that wrapping. If we t peel away the ugly wrapping, we look beyond it, we can see a tremendous gift. We can see the love of God being poured out upon us. Because as he says, I give them whatever I give them. In the blood I have made it clear that I do not want sinners to die, but rather to be converted and live. And throughout their life I give them whatever I give them. All of it is for your good. All of it is intended to bring you to conversion and eternal life. He does not want us to die. So while the package, the, the bearer, the uh, messenger might be 
quite often very repulsive, very ugly, very gruesome. It's still a gift. God's providence is still present there. And if we trust in that, if we have the humility to resign ourselves to God's will and trust in that, then we're brought to reverence. Because again, as I said at the beginning, reverence, aka piety, is a gift of the Holy Spirit. We don't naturally have this. Naturally, we would just be afraid. We would be afraid of the glory of God. We'd be afraid of holiness. We're afraid of hunger and thirst and pain. We're just afraid. But with the Holy Spirit, we can have reverence, piety, humility, resignation to the will of God. We can recognize everything as a gift, accept it all with reverence. And that's where God wants us to be. It's absolutely where God wants us to be. So, with that being said, our creme de la creme, the highest of the highest, the best of the best, has come to an end. (laughs) This episode has now come to an end. And again, I hope that you look at the virtue, the gift of reverence in a way that you haven't before. If you've been listening all along, you've heard me say this before. My point, my purpose, my intention in doing this series was to provide a new way of looking at virtue. Not new as in never having been done before, but new as in something that my listeners may not have ever heard. Okay? So, I thank you for listening. And I hope you have a very blessed day. Y'all come back now, you hear?